When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. What to do, y'all? It's Daniel J. back at you with another State of the Steelers podcast on Behind the Steel Curtain. What a week. What a week indeed. So, I was out in St. Vincent College in Latrobe this past week getting my uh, behind the scenes look at the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. And I can say, so far, I've liked what I've seen. You know, this week has been amazing. I was in St. Vincent College in Latrobe for training camp on Thursday. I was at Friday Night Lights last, Friday night, lights last night. I'll be posting an article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com early next week about my experience at Friday Night Lights, what I saw, the uh, my critiques, the whole nine yards. You don't want to miss it. So, you know, for sure, go down there and, and, and you can catch all the other articles from from all the uh, the great writers at Behind the Still Curtain. And, and also, don't forget to check out all of our podcasts that are on this platform. You know, we have the uh, Let's Ride podcast with with Jeff Hartman. We have Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis. We have the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, Steelers Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. The War Room with Maddie P. Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. The Here We Go Show with Brian Anthony Davis and Kevin Smith. What Yin's Talking About with Kyler Kreiss and Greg Benevent. That is a long list of lineup for you guys to make sure that you walk, you get, you don't miss any news updates or ideas or whatnot about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure you go and give those guys a listen uh, after you give me a listen here, Daniel J at State of the Steelers. And so before we get into, um, you know, the breakdown of the positions and how players did, uh, let's start off with my trip to Latrobe and what I saw there and my experience at training camp. You know, uh, many of y'all may not know this, but I'm a uh, Steelers fan from afar. I uh, I love the black and gold, bleed black and gold out of the great state of Texas. And so going to training camp or or any of these things in the past have been not the easiest of trips to make. With a new era coming in, with the new quarterback, with the uh, old era in Ben Roethlisberger leaving, 
I didn't want to miss this opportunity to make, you know, to see what the new Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be. And I'll tell you what, you know, the history, the nostalgia behind St. Vincent College, it's it's amazing. You know, knowing the, uh, the, the, the you know, knowing who the players were that have taken the field, the great players, the Hall of Famers, the coaches who have taught and coached on that field, from Coach Noel to Coward to Tomlin, from Bradshaw, Mean Joe Green, to Troy, to Ben, now Pickett. It's uh, it's a great place to have all that history all in one. You know, the feeling that um, that I get from being there was one of like a backstage pass, a behind the scenes look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. There, are, I saw players that are going to be stars that aren't stars yet, like George Pickens, Calvin Austin. I saw players uh, that are already stars making a huge impact, like Deontay Johnson. Let's get into that. So as I got into training camp, I started looking around, made my, made my way down to the grassy knoll, uh, to the, uh, the end zone ends of the two fields. And while I was there, I was speaking with some other fans, and news broke that Deontay Johnson was extended for a two-year extension worth, 30, worth up to $39 million with $27 million guaranteed. Oh, bravo, Omar Khan. Another great move. Now, if you guys listen to me on YouTube, State of the Steelers, you guys will know that I've not been... Uh, I did not think or anticipate that the Steelers were going to extend Deontay Johnson. Not because he wasn't deserved or he did, he wasn't underpaid or overpaid at his current contract, which, in my opinion, he was severely underpaid. I just didn't think the Steelers were going to pay over $20 million a year. And I was right. They didn't. You know, they, um, they kept him under $20 million a year. When you have contracts of the likes of a DK Metcalf, a McLaurin, or... Debo Samuel getting over twenty million a year, and who are st- statistically not as great as Deontay Johnson, and Deontay Johnson coming in with a team-friendly deal, uh, I think that this deserves a round of applause for Omar Khan. I really, really like the work that he's doing this offseason. He has taken care of contracts early, like Aminka Fitzpatrick, like a Deontay Johnson. Gone are the days where the star player is waiting until the nearly kickoff before getting that extension. The reason I like this so much was it gets all the rust off. It gets Deontay in playing shape. And most importantly, it gets him some cohesiveness and a relationship with the starting quarterback, whoever that may be. And we're going to get into who that might be in the second part of this show. But for now... Whoever that may be, Deontay Johnson needs to build chemistry with that quarterback. And now he has that opportunity. You know, during practice, Deontay Johnson had a fumble while getting tackled. You know, he is not in the football shape as the rest of the guys that are on the on the field with him. He's a little bit behind. He's gonna have some catching up to do because he he had a hold in. It's only natural that these guys that are competing on a day-to-day basis, hitting hard, um, are gonna be a little bit ahead of their progression than where Deontay Johnson is. And so I'm glad that Omar Khan signed Deontay this soon because 
I prefer Deontay to go into week one, game ready, game shape, and have these fumbles and any other issues that he may come or come across happen now in training camp in the preseason than when it really counts in the regular season. I think that was a solid move. Uh, Omar Khan got a great player at a great price. Like, I get it. It's more than than uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. However, they're different positions, and the uh, pay scale is just different. And so for Deontay Johnson, with what he's been able to prove and what he's potentially going to be able to do now with a more mobile quarterback and a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field to him, this could be a steal if he can, if he can uh, optimize this opportunity. Yes, George Pickens looks amazing. Yes, Calvin Austin is, is fast. But those guys need some time to grow, get into the playbook, understand the playbook, and be on the same page with the quarterback. It's not going to happen overnight. This game is more mental than physical. And so once these guys got the mental aspect down and the playbook down, then at that point we can look at these players as potential replacements for Deontay or or fill-ins for Deontay uh, when that time comes. But neither Austin nor Pickens have even played a professional snap yet in a, in a game that matters. And so with that being said, I think it was important to get Deontay Johnson signed. Um, he's the most experienced receiver on the team. Uh, he's very mature, no off-the-field issues, very polite man. He's a good move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. At this price, like I said before, I wasn't anticipating the Pittsburgh Steelers extending him mainly because of the uh, the talent that's coming out at the position and, and whatnot. And so it's good to have experience, it's good to have leadership, and it's good to have Deontay Johnson on this team. And so with that said, let's get into some players. Let's talk some football. Let's start off with the defense. And so... In seven shots uh, at the middle linebacker position for the number ones or running the number ones was Miles Jack alongside Robert Spillane. That's right. Spillane was at starting. There was a, in fact, I actually went back to look at it. Devin Bush did not participate in seven shots. Uh, I, I videoed majority of the plays and the passes that, that, uh, that were, that happened in seven shots, except for the, uh, the very first one. Um, and so unless he was in that first play, I doubt it because I don't remember him being there. Um, he didn't participate in seven shots. You know, he was there during team drills and, and whatnot towards the uh, the latter part of the, uh, of the practice. So he wasn't injured. He wasn't out. It wasn't anything like that. He was just sitting on the, standing on the sideline watching the plays. I found that to be interesting. I think that and don't be surprised, guys, if Robert Spillane ends up being that middle linebacker, that buck linebacker that, that um, Bush is supposed to be playing in. You know, you have teams like the Ravens that the Steelers are going to have to play twice a year, the Browns that the Steelers are going to have to play twice a year. Uh, those are teams that are heavy run. And you're going to need a linebacker that's, gonna ha- that's physical, that's smart, and is not afraid to get into the hole. And... I think that when it comes to that portion of play, Robert Spillane is better than Devin Bush. Now, I don't think it has anything to do with the, the ACL injury or, or anything like that. 
It's just Spillane is not afraid to put his face in the hole. Don't matter who's coming at him and try to lay the wood down on that running back. Think about what he did in Tennessee to to, uh, Derrick Henry there. He did amazing there. Unfortunately, they went for it on fourth down and scored a touchdown. That doesn't, you know, negate the fact that he stopped a premier big back known for being a powerful back at the line of scrimmage. It's unfortunate that he had to come out and they scored, but it is what it is. I'm excited about the uh, the pairing, to be honest with you. I think when you look at the buck position at the middle linebacker, uh, that is the Vince Williams position um, to when you have a Vince Williams and a Ryan Shazier in the past. That's a more aggressive, bigger, stronger, the, um, the, the, the linebacker that's going to put his face in the hole. I don't foresee Devin Bush being that guy. I don't think he's ever been that physical guy. Well, not at the pro level. I will be honest, I'm not much of a uh, college fan, so I didn't watch much of his uh, tape in Michigan to know whether or not he was his physicality level was higher or lower. Um, I remember seeing some of the highlights and seeing him um, tear up a field. So I assumed he was going to be a physical player, but here recently he hasn't. And um, he's fixing to lose his starting position if he doesn't get in there. We also saw Cam Sutton playing on the outside. He did good. He almost had a pick in seven shots. And we'll go, we'll go into who the quarterback was, which quarterback was throwing the ball that he almost had a pick on. Um, he ended up leaving the game or leaving practice a little bit early with some knee issues, uh, but he played solid. Uh, Demonte KZ filled in for Mika Fitzpatrick uh, for the most part in team drills. Uh, early on in early on in uh, in the day, Mika Fitzpatrick made his reappearance back on the field with his shoulder pads and helmet. Looked like he was going to be a full participant. And then when seven shots came after after individual drills, he was no longer participating anymore. But I feel like he's getting close. He's going to get close. And at, there's no point to rush him right now. Um, it's good to have the experience with DeMonte Casey, who's new to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is going to give him that uh, experience and that also that cohesiveness along with the defense so that when he's in, uh, in the lineup and playing, he's not a... Um, doesn't stick out like a sore thumb, so to speak. I do anticipate that when Minka Fitzpatrick does come back to the field, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be running a three-safety set with KZ, um, Minka, and Terrell Edmonds. I do anticipate that happening, uh, and I think that's going to be a good move. That's that's going to be solid for them, especially you know having to defend um, tight ends like Mark Andrews. And so I think that it's a good it's going to be a good move for the Steelers there. Um, Devin Bush did get some rotational um, snaps at the number ones, but like I said, it, it's been a rotational piece. Uh, when they went into the team drills, they were, it started off with Robert Spillane and Devin Bush at the ones, and then Miles Jack came in for Devin Bush, and then after that, Devin Bush um, came back in for, for Robert Spillane. So they're, they're rotating them around pretty frequently. And so... They're moving both Bush and the Mac and the Buck and trying to figure out, in my opinion, where they where they find a place for him on this team. 
You know, it's it's just unfortunate being how high of a draft pick he was that he's just not it's not gonna he's on the verge of being considered a bust. It's just super unfortunate. But you know, the defense played well. I, they didn't have Cam Hayward, TJ Watt on the field. You know, well, let's get into who was playing and who wasn't. So Miles Jack was back. Minka was back early, but then he was gone. Casey started for Minka. Cam and TJ were out. So so context matters when it comes to how they were playing. And even though they had one large run by Anthony McFarlane, the defense played fairly solid the entire time. Um, even through the absence of TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. So overall, guys, I think the defense is going to be solid. Uh, we're going to see some new faces in that middle linebacker position for sure. Um, Robert Spillane is going to have a bigger presence. Miles Jack is going to have a huge presence. Uh, I'm really concerned about Devin Bush, guys. He's on the verge of being a bust, and we'll see. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, guys. Don't go anywhere. When we get back, we're talking offense, mainly quarterbacks. You don't want to miss it. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, y'all. Now let's talk some offense. Let's get into what everybody wants to hear, and that's quarterback position. So let's start off with seven shots. Seven shots started off with Mr. Trubisky with the ones. And on the first play, well, let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, up until this point, it's been reported that Mr. Trubisky has been struggling, especially during seven shots. I think he was like 0 for 17 coming in today uh, as far as throwing touchdown passes and seven shots. And so him coming in um, on this play here, he actually, for the first play in, in seven shots, he actually hit a touchdown to George Pickens. Uh, it was a quick route, decisive move, threw the ball fast, threw the ball hard. Uh, very impressed with the play. Uh, I was excited about it. I was pumped. Thinking to myself, I think he gets it. I think he gets it. Next play was a run. Didn't go anywhere. Like I mentioned, guys, the defense was playing very stout. Even without T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward in there, they were playing stout, above-the-line type of play. So they stopped it there. Third pass was an uh, incomplete uh, play. And then this is where Cam Sutton made his presence. On the fourth play there, Mr. Trubisky tried to fit the ball into uh, Anthony McFarlane on the uh, on the left and the, uh, on a dump pass. And I just I don't know if he didn't see Cam Sun there. Uh, Cam Sun runs in there and nearly picks the ball off. If he stays on his feet. He's there's nobody there. He's he might be going all the way. He got tripped up a little bit and dropped the ball, but it, was, it could have been a pick at the very least. Should have been a pick at the very least. Um, it's concerning, guys. The Mr. Trubisky. After that, in team drills, he just doesn't seem as comfortable as Mason Rudolph, per se. Mason Mason did good. Mason did real good. Uh, he was completing completed most of his passes. Uh, there wasn't a pass that was nearly intercepted or should have been intercepted that he threw. Um, very decisive. 
He, he knows where he's going to go with the ball before he snaps the ball. And in my opinion, if, if the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is wanting, or the Pittsburgh Steelers period are wanting a Ben Roethlisberger style offense where the game is going to be very quick, the passing is going to be an extension of the run, and you, you want to see the ball out in under three seconds or under two and a half seconds, it's probably going to be Mason Rudolph as your best bet. But I don't think the Steelers will want to do that. That's why Mason Rudolph wasn't the default um, QB1 coming into training camp. It was Mitch Trubisky because Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion, fits Matt Canada's offense better than Mason Rudolph. That's also why they drafted a quarterback in the first round. It's about fitment. And I'm not saying that I don't think that Mason Rudolph is, is going to be a good quarterback in this league. I honestly do think he's got the potential. If he has the team around him that can catch the ball uh, consistently and um, are on the same page with him, they're going to, they're definitely, he's definitely going to be able to move a team into the playoffs and, and be competitive. With all that being said, watching Mason, it was just kind of like, Dink and dunk, it was blah. Nothing spectacular. There was no it factor. There was no none of those things. He had a wide open touchdown to um, Jace Sternberger in the corner of the end zone. Uh, it was a, um, I, I want to say, a miscommunication on the defense. He was wide open. It, was, it wasn't like he fitted into a tight window or anything like that. And so it I just feel like he's going to be a solid quarterback. And come week one, if he ends up beating out Mitch Trubisky, I think he's going to do good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going to keep them competitive. And he's going to be that bridge quarterback to Kenny Pickett that we were we were hoping that Mitch Trubisky would be. Now, with all that said, it's still super early in, in training camp. And in the, the, this season, the 2022 season is still in his infancy. And Mitch Trubisky has a lot of you know, growing with the team. He just finally got his receiver one back today. And so um, I anticipate the Pittsburgh Steelers giving Mitch Trubisky every opportunity to win that starting position. You know, I don't see Mason Rudolph playing his way into the QB one position. If Mason Rudolph finds his way there, it's because Mitch Trubisky lost that position. So I think that um, Kenny Pickett played very well. Um, I hadn't seen much of him in training camp because I hadn't been privileged to go and just seen the highlights and whatnot. Uh, I'd, I'd heard he'd struggled early. Uh, on Thursday, he didn't struggle. He played decisive. He was quick. Um, he plays fast. Throws the ball good. Uh, his, his accuracy is very good. I, I think that once he learns the offense, he's going to surpass um, whoever is QB1. Uh, come week one. I, I don't think that uh, Mitch Trubisky or, or Mason Rudolph, whoever starts week one, is going to stay the starter throughout the entire year. I think Kenny Pickett's going to end up taking the reign at some point in the season. Um, if it's Mitch Trubisky, it may be towards late the bye week when we see Kenny Pickett. If it's Mason Rudolph, though, Mason doesn't have a very long of a leash. If you go back to 2019, uh, he had, what, six quarters? That was the length of his leash. He had a three-game winning streak going into a short week against Cleveland Browns through four interceptions. 
and didn't have the greatest of showing. That was the infamous helmet game. After that, he um, went into uh, against the um, the Cincinnati Bengals, threw threw a pick in the first half, and he was pulled. Coming off a three-game winning streak, had one bad game, and a second game that wasn't going so well, and he got pulled for a guy going into the 2019 season was considered a camp arm. A camp arm. Do you think that the leash would be longer for a camp arm than the first round number one overall quarterback selected? Not the number one overall player in the draft, the number one quarterback selected overall in the draft. Do you think that leash is going to be longer for the camp arm, a rookie undrafted free agent in 2019? I don't think so. I think that leash is going to be extremely short. And I think that Mitch Trubisky, I mean, sorry, I think that Mason Rudolph, if it goes into week one as a starter, doesn't enter uh, week four as a starter uh, against the Jets. I think at that point, that's when Kenny Pickett starts. It's coming off of a mini-buy, another <laughs> short week in Cleveland in week three, uh, followed by a mini-buy in which I think that at that point, Kenny Pickett will be making his starting debut for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't see a point in not having him out there if he's not the best option. You know, Mike Tomlin doesn't like to play the politic game or any of those things. He's very... Um, one of his Tomlinisms, one of his sayings that he says is, doesn't matter how you got here, it's, now, you're here for a reason. And I strongly believe that. You know, it doesn't matter how a player got to the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they're showing themselves to be um, a starter or a starter-capable player, they're going to see the field in playing time because that's what Coach Tomlin does, and that's why Coach Tomlin has been so successful. You don't see Coach T doing any of these... Um, you know, sticking with uh, a player just because, so to speak. He will pull a player. Now, the only player that he may have stuck with longer than normal may have been Ben Roethlisberger last season. It was his last year. However, I don't think Mason Rudolph was the better option than Ben Roethlisberger last year. That's just my opinion. You know, some may say he Ben Roethlisberger hindered the team, which is probably so. He wasn't the type of quarterback for Matt Canada However, I don't think there was a quarterback on the team last season that would have fit Matt Canada like the current quarterback room. And so with that said, um, I feel that that's where this position is going to go. Mr. Trubisky, he, he did okay. He had one interception. Outside of that, he played somewhat solid, throwing the ball different places. Um, but... In seven shots on the goal line, having one touchdown over this entire span of training camp is a little bit concerning. It's very concerning. And so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. As far as the running back position goes, uh, Benny Snell was the number two or the number one guy behind Najee Harris. Najee was out. Benny Snell was in. Um, it wasn't until later on that they started moving around with some running backs, but for the most part, when it came to the ones, it was Benny Snell from what I can see when it came to the seven shots and whatnot. Now, where I was sit standing at, there was a lot of the field that I couldn't see. So there was some parts of practice where the uh, the players were on the far end of the uh, Chuck Noll field. And I was in the uh, Grassy Knoll area on the um, opposite end, um, another field away. So 
when they were doing their team drills on that side, I, I missed some things. But from what I could see from where I was at, um, especially during the seven shots because they were coming towards me. In fact, on my Twitter, where you can find me, at State of Steelers, and on my YouTube channel, State of the Steelers, I posted up a couple of videos um, on Thursday uh, in seven shots. One of them was a touchdown pass from Kenny Pickett to Cody White. And the other, the other video that I posted up both on my Twitter and on YouTube was the touchdown pass from Mason Rudolph to Jay Sternberger. Uh, you can see how open he was. You can see what happened. On the touchdown pass to Cody White, who was being covered by Justin Lane. Justin Lane got turned around. He got beat pretty good. Um, go watch it. You can see it for yourself. Um, it was not an impressive play whatsoever. But an impressive play and throw from Kenny Pickett. The placement, the location, where he caught the ball was the only place that the receiver can catch it. Justin Lane had no opportunity of coming anywhere near the zip code of where that ball was placed at. You know, I just feel that Kenny Pickett, you know, just watching that play and watching him participate and playing on the field and the way he commands the team, uh, he's going to end up being the uh, the eventual starter and heir apparent, of course. But I think it's going to come sooner than, than what maybe we are anticipating as a fan base. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, I think that the Steelers, you know, I anticipated earlier on in the season, offseason that the Pittsburgh Steelers may hold off on play, put playing Kenny Pickett. But I don't think that's the case. He's the most pro-ready quarterback coming in from the draft. Um, I think he's not ready yet. But I feel that as soon as he is ready, whether that's in 2023 or week four of 2022, he's going to play. And, and I, for one, cannot wait for it. I'm super excited about him. He seems to have, like, like I mentioned, he's got that it factor, command of the offense, and, and the ability to move around and throw the ball. The one thing I don't like about Kenny Pickett right now is his feet. His feet, he reminds me of 2019 Mason Rudolph when it comes to his feet. He has happy feet. He's moving his feet around a lot. He looks a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket because of it. The difference between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph in 2019, from my opinion and from what I can see, is that when Mason Rudolph got his happy feet, he also had, um, he wasn't very consistent throwing the ball. He had hesitation. He wasn't decisive with the ball, I'm sorry. He was very hesitant. Kenny Pickett, even though his feet are moving, he's looking where to throw and he's making decisions to throw. And making the throws. He's not hesitating the way, uh, way Mason Rudolph would. And so that's one of the, but that is a red flag for me, the happy feet. He needs to get that going. But Pittsburgh Steelers hired, or for the first time in probably 18 years, have two, well, not just one, but two quarterback coaches. And so they're going to be working with him on that. They're going to get him ready to play when he's ready to play. Um, I just feel that if the um, if the season or the preseason still had 14, uh, four games, I feel that potentially Kenny Pickett could be playing week one. But given the fact that there's three games, they're in a three-quarterback race, where they are now giving Mason Rudolph you know, reps with the ones, there's not that many reps out there. There's not that many preseason games to show that he's ready. So it may be week four or week nine when we see Kenny Pickett. 
But I anticipate that we're going to see Kenny Pickett play with the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback at some point in 2022. That's all I got for you guys today. Please follow me at on Twitter at State of the Steelers. I'm also on YouTube at State of the Steelers. Um, I post out daily content. I tweet out uh, breaking news, things of that nature. Also, if you have questions for this show here or comments, please hit me up on, on Twitter. I'll more than happy to answer them on this podcast next Saturday. Uh, but between here and there, let's go Steelers. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Peace.